Thank you. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that praise and worship was amazing. Amen. Mm. I have a powerful message for you today. Oh. Well, I should every Sunday, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, if you have your Bibles, open them, them up to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I want to welcome all the visitors here today. I want to welcome you. Thank you for coming out and jumping in the flow of Living Waters Chapel. Amen. God is doing something great, so we're excited to be a part of it. All right, James chapter 1. Verses 5 through 8 we'll start with here. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man or person... Suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Today I want to talk about a topic that is a huge epidemic, a huge problem in the body of Christ. There's not one person in this place or watching around the world right now and listening that has not struggled with this in any area of their Christian walk. This thing is a thief. This thing is a robber of the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the life of a Christian. It short circuits the power of God in your life. I'm talking about the enemy of doubt. Has anybody ever doubted in here? The rest of you are liars. Listen, Satan and evil spirits, they can throw thoughts or fiery darts in our mind. But ultimately, listen, ultimately, it is our free will that we must reject and overcome those doubts. And you must choose to believe. So you can't even, you can't even blame it on the enemy. You are your own worst enemy. Come on, somebody. The title of my message is this, The Deception of Doubt. The Deception of Doubt. Specifically, I want to talk about some of the reasons. Why do we doubt? Why do we doubt? And so these are uh, reasons that the Holy Spirit gave me this week that I felt very strongly to share, so I'm just going to roll with it. But I want to delve into some of the reasons why Christians doubt and hopefully, hopefully solve some of those uh, problems or let's call them this, heart issues of why you struggle with faith toward God in certain areas of your life. Because doubt creeps in in certain areas of your walk with God, all right? Here we go. Let's talk about doubt a little bit here. I I did this, uh, I don't know, a couple month or two ago, but this is a a different twist on it. We're climbing up the mountain and looking at it from a different perspective than I talked about before. Are you ready? Here we go. Doubt is defined as this, as an uncertainty or a lack of conviction, uncertainty or a lack of, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost just said, this is gonna help many people. You gotta listen to this. Are you, are you connected here? Yeah. Are, you, are you plugged in here? Yeah. Here we go. Doubt is defined as an uncertainty, uncertainty or a lack of conviction. Now, what does conviction mean? 
Let's, let's talk about that. Conviction is defined as this, a firmly held belief. Say firmly. firmly. Not a loosely, a firmly, a strong held belief. Are you following me? So here we go. So doubt is also, here's another definition. Doubt is a mental state in which the mind remains suspended between two or more contradictory propositions. Unable to be certain of any of them. Doubt, is, is, uh, doubt on an emotional level is indecision, or as the word of God calls it, double-minded. Yeah. Say double-minded. double-minded. So we can clearly see from the word of God here and these definitions, that doubt is a problem in our soul, in our thought life, in our mind, in our will, and in our emotions. Doubt is a problem in our thought life, in our soul. So remember, so doubt creeps into areas. Here's here's what you gotta know about doubt. Doubt creeps into areas that you once held a conviction about. You once held a strong conviction or belief or a firmly held belief about something. And then doubt comes in and now you're, you have, you're indeci- have an indecision now. It's like you're going back and forth about these two things. Are you following me? Doubt, you could say it this way. I like this. Doubt is a temporary restriction on your faith. Are you following me? Doubt is a temporary restriction on your faith because you once believed it, but now you're doubting it. Are you getting this? So you once held that firmly held belief on a promise in the word of God, but another thought entered your mind, entered your thought life, and caused you to do this. Loosen your grip on the conviction of that thing. That is when the word of God says you became double-minded instead of single-minded. You know what another word for single-minded is? Focused. Say focused. You took your focus, your focus got interrupted. You were once single-minded on this thing, but now something crept in and now you're, now, now you just went from this one thing. Yeah, the word of God, I believe this promise. Now you're like this. This is doubt. You're looking at both of them. Amen. Am I speaking to anyone today? Yes. Come on, we've all been there. Quit being super, superman or superwoman spiritually. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? In other words, there is, doubt is this. There is a division in your thought life. There is division. Double, double-minded is another way of saying that you lost your focus on a specific promise or thing in the word of God. You could say it this way. Doubt is a stronghold in your soul, in your mind, in your thought life. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. See, many people throw doubt around. They say, you know, they just think a doubt with unbelief. It's different. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Y'all got tired out during praise and worship? All right, we'll, we'll. Okay, we'll be serving the graham crackers and chocolate milk here soon. We'll, and, and, and the pillows and the blankets. We'll all have a great time here. All right, now, 
2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, underline it, arguments. Arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity of the obedience of Christ. So, I love that word arguments, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, the knowledge of God, it's talking about the word of God. The word of God gives us the knowledge of God. Are you following me? So doubt then is an argument in your mind or thought life about something you once believed firmly. Bringing every thought into the captivity of the obedience of Christ. Remember a long time ago, I told you about that scientific uh, experiment that they had that said this, that you have 17 seconds when a thought enters your mind, when a negative thought enters your mind, you have 17 seconds to cast it down before it becomes your own thought. Before you start believing that thought. Are you following me? So when a negative thought comes into your mind, here's what you need to do. You need to verbally speak a positive confession to override that doubt. Say override. Override. Allow yourself to hear yourself speak a faith-filled confession from the word. Now, here we go. Now, unbelief means this. It means you never had believed in that specific promise or thing ever. Now, here's, go to John 20. I want to show you something here. John 20. Many people just group them together, but you're wrong. It's totally different. Unbelief means you never believed in that thing. Doubt means you believed it. Now you're kind of rocking back and forth between two things. Between, there's an argument. There's an argument going on in your thought life. Now, I know I'm preaching this, that, that there's people in here that are going through this, or else the Holy Ghost wouldn't have me preach this today. Amen? This is for you. This is to help you out. Amen? Now, look at uh, John 20, verse 24 through 29 here, talking about unbelief now. Now, Thomas called the twin. One of the 12 was, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print uh, in his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were uh, again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, "Peace be to you." Now I don't know if you caught that or not, but Jesus came right through the door. Uh, we serve a supernatural God. Are you following me? Quit trying to rule out the supernatural all the time. Amen? All right. Then he said to Thomas, reach your fingers here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it in my side and do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. There's a greater blessing on us because we haven't seen. Are you following me? But you believe. 
So in this account, Thomas had unbelief. He didn't have doubt. He wasn't struggling between. He just flat out said, the, the disciple said, we've seen Jesus. And he said, you're lying. I don't believe it. That's unbelief. He wasn't teeter-tottering. He wasn't arguing his mind. He just said, I just flat out don't believe it. Are you following me? But he was just flat out. He said he didn't believe it. So this account is a great example of what, the, what unbelief is and the difference between doubt. Now let's go and look at some scriptures about doubt. Go to Matthew 14. Matthew 14. Say doubt. doubt. Say get out, doubt. Ha <laughs> ha. Glory to God. Doubt is a robber and doubt is a thief. Matthew 14, God's looking for people who are going to believe him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Matthew 14, 27 through 31, we're going to look at here. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, so let's break this down. Say, break it down. I sure will. Here we go. Peter had the faith to get out of the boat and walk on water. Did he not? So we know he had faith. There was not unbelief. There was doubt there. But he had faith at first, right? Until he took his focus off of Jesus and put it on the storm. You could say it this way. That Peter was single-minded or focused on Jesus and walking on the water. That caused, he was single-minded and he walked on water, right? Peter had a conviction or a firmly held belief that he could walk on the water until his focus shifted to the storm. The storm wasn't the problem. Mm, say that with me. The storm wasn't the problem. The problem was this, that Peter allowed the storm on the outside get on the inside of him. Are you following me? He started to consider the storm. Now, break that down into your own life. Whatever problems and situation, whatever trials you have right now, because we're going to have tons of problems all in this world, in this, at your workplace, wherever you go, right? Don't let the storm get in you. It can beat against you. It can beat against you all at once. But don't let it get on the inside of your thought life. <clears throat> Again, the problem wasn't the storm or the waves because Peter walked on the water with the waves, with the storm. He could have stayed. He could have walked out. He could have took a nice stroll and walked back to the boat walking on that water. But by his own free will, he started looking and giving place to that storm. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit spoke this. This is for someone right here. 
The problem is not the storm that's raging and the waves that are crashing against you and the trial that you're facing. The problem is that you allowed that storm on the outside to get on the inside of you and it caused your faith to be shaken. Which, this is what the Holy Spirit said. And it gives place to the enemy and blocks the breakthrough from coming to pass in your life. It blocks the breakthrough from coming to pass in your life. You see, Jesus could sleep on the boat during that storm. Remember when they were crossing over to the other side? Remember the storm was raging. Jesus could sleep in that boat because he didn't allow that storm to get inside of him. But the disciples let it get on the inside of them. It even caught, listen to this, it even caused the disciples to question the goodness of God. Come on, you didn't hear me, you didn't hear me. It even caused the disciples to question the goodness and the motive and integrity of Jesus in that account. They thought Jesus was okay with them being harmed. What, Jesus, you want us to die? Doubt will always cause you to question the goodness of God. That's why it's a robber. That's why doubt is deceiving. Some of y'all are buying into the lie of this doubt, of this division, of these arguments in your mind, and it's causing you to question the Holy One. The one that loves you more than any human ever will. It's causing you to question him. Man, I can feel faith rising right now. Doubt will cause you to question the goodness of God in your life. Once you focus on the negativity of your trial or situation, you go from single-minded focus on the promises in the word to being double-minded, questioning, doubting, arguing in your mind. And the word says this. The word even says that we have authority to preach and teach the word and say, if there's someone that's double-minded, I have the authority to tell you, oh, you're believing God for something? You're not gonna receive it. It says, let not that person think they will receive anything of the Lord if they're doubting in their heart. Well, that's harsh. No, that's Bible. Well, aren't, aren't you just supposed to coddle me? Aren't you just supposed to say everything's going to be okay? Sure, in a seeker-sensitive church, but this isn't a seeker-sensitive church. It's time to take the diapers off. Come on, put the big boy and big girl pants on, and let's grow spiritually. Amen? Get the bottle out of the mouth. Come on, somebody. How are we ever going to grow if someone doesn't tell us? How? Amen? Amen? So God takes it very personally when, when his children choose not to trust him. See, God expects that from the child of a devil, from the world, from the unsaved. But when someone who's called a believer, mm, you didn't hear that, you didn't hear it. When someone that's called a believer, a child of God, doubts him, he takes it personally. That's why That is why without faith, it's impossible to please God. He expects it. He demands it. Amen? Well, just coddle me a little bit. Just just tell me it's going to be okay. We'll start believing God, and let's get the breakthrough. let's, Let's get the breakthrough, right? What kind of pastor would I be if I just let people struggle? Right? Let's let, I want to see you to see results. And if that means offending you, Oh, come on. If that means offending you, 
to allow that dead religion to rise up and show its ugly head for a little bit. I'll do it. Amen? So let me touch on and review a couple of points from Mark 11. I lo- Say Mark 11. Go there with me. I will never apologize for going to a scripture more than once in, in, in a month. Uh, won't do it. Because, again, the word of God is alive. So every time you go there and read it, you're going to get a different perspective. Some, you're going to see something different every time. Amen? So let's, let's uh, really break this down here. Mark 11, 20 through 24. How, how often are you going to read this, Pastor James, until it soaks in your spirit? Amen? Well, until I die, okay? That's what okay. So now, here we go. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith is what it literally says in the original. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not, underline it, doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, uh, Jesus was either telling the truth or he was lying what what one do you choose and to believe here so that means that jesus is giving us some powerful truth on how to get answered prayer and how to get what we say and believe amen, amen. now so we know from the er, from earlier in this message and the verses we looked at that doubt takes place in the soul say soul, soul. it takes place in our mind in our thought life you could say The spirit and soul of man are connected, yet separate. The spirit is born again when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, but your soul is not. Your soul must be renewed with the word of God. Are you following me? So Jesus said, he said this in Mark 11, he basically said that it is possible to say something. It's possible to command something, a situation or something to shift, and if we don't doubt in our heart, we can have that take place. Are you, I mean, this, when you really read this, it's kind of mind-boggling, isn't it? Doesn't that challenge every part of your flesh? Doesn't that challenge every part of dead religion on the inside of you? He said that whatever we say, if we don't doubt in our heart, if we don't have an argument in our mind, we can have whatever we say and whatever we pray. So this reveals that doubt, double-mindedness, a lack of conviction, a lack of failure to firmly hold to a belief can completely take the effectiveness of our spoken words and prayers away. So here we go. Doubt disconnects us from the effectiveness in the kingdom of God and in our faith walk and in our ministry for the Lord. Say ministry. The Holy Spirit revealed this to me. He said, if you're trying to teach something from the word of God with doubt in your thought life, there is absolutely no anointing on it. Have you, ever, <laughs> have you ever heard someone, if they tried to teach something, but they weren't really convinced, but they were just trying to 
copy the preacher, their favorite preacher. I'm not, I'm not talking about anyone here. But I, I'm just saying, have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard somebody? And there was just, it was just dry as a bone, baby. It was like, well, why? Because that person didn't have conviction about that topic in their own heart. That's why you're not going to hear me preach on topics that I'm not totally settled on. Because there's no anointing on it. And then y'all will be falling asleep up in here. <laughs> Amen? That's why when I'm coming up with a message and I'm praying in the sanctuary during the week, I'm praying in the spirit and something fresh comes to me, fresh revelation. That's why the messages are powerful. That's why it touches people because it has revelation on it. It has anointing on it. Why? Because it's a conviction on the inside that I felt from the Holy Ghost. So those who are in ministry or who are gonna go in ministry, here it is, stay in your lane. Don't, don't just try to creep out because your favorite minister is teaching it and you want to act like them. It's not going to work. It, it's going to be boring. It's going to be dull. Stay in your lane. My goodness. If the only thing you have you, that you really ride on, you have a conviction of is, is divine healing, my goodness, preach it. Teach it with all your heart. Amen? If you're not convinced yet on the rapture teaching, don't, don't go there. Are you, are you following me? Now, I hope it's pre-trib. Who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, you're a nut if you don't want pre-trib, right? But, but listen. But here's why Jesus, Jesus said this. He said, occupy until I come. I'm a preacher that believes in occupying until he comes. I'm going to occupy until I get, I get caught up in the air with him. Because whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib, I'm not going to be caught off guard. Are you following me? Now, again, I hope it is pre-trib. But if it's not, guess what? I'm preaching until he comes anyways. Amen? Is this making sense to anybody today? So stay in your lane when it comes to ministry and hear from the Holy Ghost for yourself. When you're out witnessing to people, if you're dry as a bone, you know, spiritually, and you're going to go out and try to witness to someone, you're not going to be effective because people are going to say, why would I want what you want? You're boring. I mean, really, there's no joy on you. There's no joy. I don't see peace all over you. Amen? Listen to this. So faith opens and releases the resources of the storehouses of heaven to be released on earth. Oh, I like that. Everything in the spirit realm operates by faith. Everything. That is why the enemy fights our thought life so hard to interrupt or to stop our effectiveness. All right? So in Mark chapter 11, Jesus connected our spoken words with prayer. Now, listen to this. Jesus connected our spoken words with prayer. He said, whatever you say or whatever you pray, if you don't doubt in your heart, you will have whatever you say, okay? Right? He connected them. So here's what I got to say here too. This reveals to us that true prayer, 
to receive from God or to change a situation, Jesus said it, it must be uh, verbally spoken. It can't just be thought. Are you following me? Oh, I know I'm breaking. I'm killing some sacred cows right now. That chainsaw, we're going to have some good steaks tonight, baby. Anybody in here from PETA, I don't apologize. Amen? So true prayer to receive from God or to change a situation in the natural realm, it must be verbally spoken. Now, we can have what's called meditative prayer. Meditative prayer is when you, you know, you're laying in bed, you're laying on the couch, and you're, you're kind of talking to God. You know, you're just going back and forth and talking to him. Sure, you can do that. But if you want something to shift or change in a situation, it better come out of your trap. Amen? It better come out of your mouth. Yes. It's got to leave up here and come through here yes. to shift the natural realm. Amen. You will have whatever you say or pray if you do not doubt in your heart. Yes, All right? Now, I want you to notice that it's possible to say or pray for something without believing what you're saying. Now, here's the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. Are you ready for this? Many of you maybe have never thought of this. How many of you, have you ever had a trust problem with individuals? Right? <laughs> Two hands right there. All right. Yes. I mean, we all have, right? We've all had problems with trusting people. The Holy Spirit said this. Many people don't even trust their own words. Oh, you didn't hear it. Lord, they didn't hear it. So when they say or pray something, you're doing it out of desperation. You don't even believe your own words. And that's why many times we don't receive. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've told so many lies in your life, you just kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, you, you kind of conditioned your thought life. Well, you know, I say this, and, but I don't believe it. You literally have to believe in your heart what you're saying will come to pass. But many people don't believe their own words. Are you getting this? Just because you say or pray for something doesn't mean you have faith for it. Someone online once, uh, you know, I I put a status having to do something with this on Facebook, and uh, the person was like, oh, no, if they prayed for it, they got faith for it. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, I mean, you're not, read the word. You can obviously say something and not believe what you're saying. So it means then there's a disconnection between your soul and the words that you're speaking. Are you following me? Now, um, so we are expected to eliminate our doubt before we say or pray. We are expected, we are expected to eliminate here. Ready? I love this. I just love this. To eliminate the arguments in our mind. Ha! To settle our arguments before we say or pray. Say settle. Settle. Now, I want you to notice something as well. That it's interesting when you read Mark 11, that faith is the standard until doubt creeps in and interrupts it. All right, your born again spirit man has perfect faith residing on the inside of it. 
But here's the problem. Your spirit man's not the problem. The problem is aligning your soul, your thought life, with your born-again spirit. The thing, when I was writing this message, have you ever seen a bottle and you can twist it on top, twist it on the bottom, and it has holes in between them, and there's a ball, and you got to spin it until that, the holes line up and then the ball can fall down. When you're, are you following me? Was that a little weird? But I'm just telling you, this is the vision that I got. I'm just, in fact, when he gave that to me, I'm like, how am I going to explain that, Lord? Okay, what a, but someone's got it. So anyways, so you're, you're, yeah, you're spinning the bottle, not spin the bottle. No, you're, you're twisting the bottle and the two holes line up and the ball falls down. The Lord said, when we are renewing our mind, we're spinning that top. We're aligning the holes. And so your, your soul, your mind, your thought life lines up with your born again spirit where the Holy Ghost resides. Isn't that powerful? A little strange, but uh, it's, it's all right. We're making it through, amen? So if your spirit man and soul are not in agreement, it's not true faith. There's either doubt or unbelief blocking it. You got to keep spinning that top of that bottle, twisting. Your mind is focusing on something other than believing the word of God in the Holy Spirit. Now, remember this. So the Holy Spirit lives on the inside. He regenerated and lives on the inside of your spirit. Amen? But not your soul. But here's, this is the mystery. We're body, soul, and spirit, right? That's the mystery that, you know, we're a tripart being, body, soul, and spirit. But the spirit and soul are connected. Why? How do we know that? Because when the accounts, when people have gone to heaven, they still had thoughts. They still had They still thought things. They still had emotions. So the spirit and soul are connected, but separate. Are you following me? Interesting. I love going deep into those things, amen? So here we go. So that is why there is a wrestling match in our thought life when the Holy Spirit prompts you and I to do something. All right, if your soul or mind is not renewed with the word of God, guess what's going to happen? It will talk you out of obeying the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Now, if that's not perfect proof that there's a separation between soul and spirit, I don't know what is. Have you ever felt that before? You felt the prompting, the unction from the Holy Spirit to do something, but there's that wrestling match. Oh, I can't do that, Holy. I can't. That's your soul wrestling with your spirit man, the Holy Ghost in your spirit man. Isn't it interesting to to kind of separate it and see it? You know, we're kind of dissecting the spiritual aspect of man. I love it. Well, at least I like it. Now, uh, here we go. So the soul, mind, will, and emotions is spiritual. All right, did you know that? The soul, mind, will, and emotions, they are spiritual. The spirit of man and soul are spiritual. The physical body is natural. The physical body was created out of the earth, all right? So you could say it this way. If we struggle with doubt in our thought life, you could say this. Doubt is spiritual, is a spiritual problem. Doubt is a spiritual problem. Have you ever heard someone say, be careful what you say, you just might get it? It should be, be careful what you say and what you believe, you will get it. 
Because for good or evil, again, this is a spiritual law. Now, I want to shift gears here, and now I'm going to give some reasons. Why do we doubt? And I guarantee you, these reasons that the Holy Spirit gave me, all of you have dealt with this. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Doubt is given place in our thought life because we are too consumed or focused on the natural realm. And I kind of touch on that, but again, Peter switched from a spiritual mindset to a fleshly mindset, and he began to sink. The natural realm overtook the spiritual realm in Peter, Peter's thought life. Do you get that? All right, listen. The natural realm will never create faith on the inside of us. It will only feed doubt, unbelief, anxiety, and fear. Now, why is that? Are you ready for this? The Holy Spirit was really downloading here. He said, the spiritual realm existed before the natural realm. To impact the natural realm, something must shift in the spiritual realm first. Why? Because God is a God of order. He created the spirit realm before the natural realm. God is a God of order, spiritual first, and then natural realm. Now, so you, you want to see a, a mess that's going on where people put the natural realm first, backslidden Christians, and the unsaved. That's proof right there. Amen? Here we go. The kingdom of darkness, Satan and evil spirits, they major on disorder. They promote and major on disorder. Always trying to influence humans into disorder apart from God and his word. They're trying to take mankind out of God's divine order. Are you following me? That is why the enemy will always magnify the natural realm and circumstances in this natural realm because they are masters at how to get to mankind's weaknesses. They know. Listen, that's why demons do this, because they're trying to get us out of God's divine order. Forget, you know, that's why when you go to pray, everything it, it gets thrown at you. Oh, well, I got to go to the grocery store. I got to go do this. I got to go do this. No, just sit your butt down and pray. Are you following me? So God, God wants us to stay in a divine order, and the enemy's always trying to shift that. When he came into the garden with Eve, Right? He's all, they're always trying to shift that order. Oh, it's interesting that the enemy came to the woman. He didn't go to Adam first. Why? Because he promotes disorder. Oh, you, come on now. The enemy's always trying to promote disorder. Hmm. Here we go. Doubt is given place in our thought life because we as humans are always trying to lower God's ability to man's ability. <laughs> Many times when praying for a very challenging situation in the natural realm, in our thought life, we start to replace God's ability with our limited human ability, and then the problem looks impossible. If the problem looks impossible that you're going through right now, you allowed the enemy to shift and put disorder into your thought life. 
If, if there's a situation that looks impossible, you've allowed the enemy to creep in, you gave place to his thoughts, and you allowed him to bring disorder into your thought life. So then we start to detach our thought life from God and his word, and we replace it with our weakness. Is anybody alive in here today? <laughs> this is when doubt comes in. We allowed ourselves to disconnect. Here it is. We allowed ourselves to disconnect from a spiritual heavenly mindset and into a limited earthly mindset. All things are possible with God. Amen? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So take a look at your life. Take a look at what you're thinking. If you struggle with fear, anxiety, here's what you need to do. Holy Spirit, help me to bring order proper order into my thought life. Amen. Amen? Amen? I'm giving you some practical advice today. Amen? Here we go. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your I love this. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's divine order. That's how your thought life should go. That's how my thought life should go. Amen? You should come up to a situation, whether it's an unsafe family member or anything that's going on, whatever's going on, and you should look at that thing and say, nothing's impossible with God. That's nothing for God. That's nothing for the Holy Ghost to take care of. Amen. Oh, you got a bad report from the doctor, cancer, sickness, disease? Oh, you st that's nothing for God. Amen. God, you said you heal if all my diseases. Come on, somebody. So our faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. But the kingdom of darkness will always try to influence us to exalt the wisdom of men or the flesh over the word of God. Amen. So anywhere where there's a command or an exhortation, just know Satan's going to try to do the opposite. Yeah. And be prepared. Arm yourself like I talked about last week. Arm yourself. Just be ready for it so you can overcome it. Amen? Our faith is in the power, in the ability of God. That is the knowledge of God. That is knowing truly who he is. When doubt creeps into your thought life, remind yourself that you are in a personal relationship with the creator of all things. Amen. Nothing is beyond his power. Nothing is beyond his ability. Again, combat those doubts. Combat that argument with a faith-filled confession from the word. Amen? The enemy is throwing that doubt so you, here's, the enemy's putting that doubt in you, not just to interrupt your thought life. He wants you to take hold of it, and he wants you to make it your own. He wants you to speak those words of doubt. Just like your faith-filled word releases angels, your negative words release evil spirits. Now, now when people hear that, that's like, what? Yeah, that's really what happens. That's exactly what happens, amen? We are in a battle. Listen to this. We are in a battle on this earth as Christians of thoughts and spoken words. We are in a battle of thoughts and spoken words, amen? 
Here we go. Doubt is given place in our thought life due to an emotional stronghold of rejection and self-rejection. Rejection and self-rejection, they want to constantly cause the Christian to disqualify themselves from the blessings and breakthroughs of God. They have been, these individuals have been emotionally wounded so much in the past that it follows them in their walk with God. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough for a breakthrough. I'm not worthy enough for the blessings. See, this is a failure to understand the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God. Amen? Grace is God's ability through us. If you truly put an effort in casting down those thoughts of rejection and self-rejection, I'm telling you, your, your spiritual walk will take off like a rocket. This is a, a revelation the enemy wants to keep you blinded from. You know, get over it. Yeah, we don't, uh, do, do I feel like I deserve and qualify to pastor this church? No, but I'm gonna do it. He put me here. It's, the word of God says, be strong in the grace of God. Stand strong in the grace of God, right? So stop walking around and say, oh, I don't deserve this. Oh, I don't do No, you take it. And thank God for it. Amen? Quit apologizing to the world. Quit apologizing to the enemy. Quit apologizing to your family members that are treating you like dirt. Amen? We don't have to apologize to anybody. We're going to stand strong in the grace of God. Amen? Yeah, of course we don't deserve it, but that's the whole point of salvation. That while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. And we're going to take advantage of that. Amen? So Jesus can have his full reward. And his reward is when his people take hold of all the blessings. And not let one fall to the ground. Doubt is given place in our thought life due to given place to traditions of man. Sacred cows, we like to call them, right? Traditions of man means any kind of religious tradition that would take away from the effectiveness and the power of the word of God and your relationship with God. An example is if you're believing for physical healing, but you were raised in a church that taught that sickness and disease was the will of God and he doesn't heal anymore. Or how about another example is, Praying in tongues. Oh, that's always a dandy, isn't it? Many people have heard all their life that it's either it's been done away with, it's from the enemy, oh, only, oh, here's a big one. Only certain people get that gift. Right? And, and, and ju- they just so happen never to be that certain person. Come on, somebody. Are you following me? It just so happens they're the one. It's like a lottery. Wow, I must be really special because I'm the only one that God didn't give it to. Think about this. Man, make me lose my hair right here. <sighs> and, and then, so, and then the persons get saved, Holy Spirit baptized and have a very difficult time releasing their prayer language. 
By the way, if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, every Holy Spirit baptized Christian is able to pray in tongues. Every. Now, the gift of tongues is like what you heard Bonnie do in the service today. She felt the unction in a public assembly, right? And, and someone gave the interpretation. Or another example of the gift of tongues is you go on a mission trip somewhere and you start praying in tongues and you're speaking the exact language of those people and you gave someone a, a message, yeah. right? But every person who's baptized with the Holy Spirit can pray in tongues. Yeah. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. So, so they find very, very hard to release their prayer language because all they hear in their mind, all they hear in their thought life is the voice of that parent or that old pastor saying, it isn't for today. It's only for certain people. No, that thing's from the devil. Are you following me? And then the door opens for more rejection and self-rejection to disqualify them from operating in it. It fed the rejection. Dead religion and tradition of man is a spiritual cancer that will rob you of the benefits in the kingdom of God. Jesus said we can make the word of God of no effect because of our tradition. Are you following me? It only causes unbelief or doubt. And there's some in here today. You're struggling with that doubt because you're hearing that voice on the inside that tells you it's not for today. But it is. Amen? Now, doubt, I'm almost done. Stick with me. Doubt is, are you guys having fun today? You getting anything out of this? Good. I I told Marianne today when I I was reading over my message at home, I go, wait, wait. Oh, that fresh bread. Oh, so good. Oh, our daily bread. Fresh. Amen. That's how we should feel full spiritually when we leave a church service. You, you should have something you can hold on to and walk out and put into practice, amen? <clears throat> now, so doubt is giving place in our thought life due to listening and giving place to the wrong people in your life. Now, this kind of ties into what I was just talking about with dead religion. But listen, be very, here's some wisdom for you. Be very careful who you share your desires and spiritual walk with. If you're believing for healing, Don't talk to a person uh, that's stuck in dead religion on that topic. If you're believing in needing help speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, or to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, don't read a John MacArthur book. I'm seeing a lot of heads do this. The dude thinks that, that the power of God ceased. And you're a pastor? And you're a pastor leading people? Wow, that's spiritual malpractice, people. Are you following me? My goodness. Now listen. Uh, If you're believing and needing help speaking in tongues, all right, search out the right people. Uh, I like how Acts says, seek out your own company. Right? Paul and Silas, when when they were released from prison, it says they went to their own company. Right? Are you picking up what I'm laying down today? Be wise about who you're surrounding yourself with. And the last point I want to bring up here. 
Doubt is given place in our thought life due to a lack of prayer. Praying in English or your native language, if you're watching from Zambia right now, I'm talking about praying in English or your native language, which and in tongues. All right, you need both. Jesus walked in his in in the power that he did because he was a man of prayer. Are you following? No, I I just heard dead religion rise up say no. It's because he was Jesus, the Son of God. That's wrong. Because he could do no mighty works in Nazareth, because of familiarity, because of unbelief. But he was Jesus, right? He was the Son of God. He could just press through that wall of unbelief and doubt. Obviously not. He was a man that was anointed. Yes, he was a God man, right? The son of the living God. But he operated on this earth, anointed with the Holy Spirit. Just like us. He is our example. And there's many uh, verses that say that he went up on the mountain to pray. So he is our example. The more you pray, the more you connect and commune with your heavenly father. Listen, it will be very hard to doubt, for doubt to creep in as you develop that intimate relationship with him. Here, here's what the Holy Spirit said. He said, intimate fellowship always promotes a relationship, trust in a relationship. Right? Intimate fellowship always promotes trust in a relationship. Show me a relationship where there's, there's not that intimate fellowship, and I'll show you a, there's distrust in it. And all the couples said? Amen. Oh, okay. Great, thank you. So the word of God says to ask, seek, and knock. When we do that, especially in prayer, the Holy Spirit will respond. And he will respond. It will strengthen every area of our life. It will starve our doubts in our soul. Amen? Now, as I close, I want you to really take hold of the fact. Here's what I I need you to take hold of as you walk out these doors. I want you to know that doubt is not something that you can't control. It's absolutely something you control. And it's your responsibility. And it takes place in your thought life. So the arguments, the doubt, it all takes place in unbelief. It takes place in your thought life, right? If you desire to walk in faith and in the power of God, you need to correct the issue you are having in your thought life. Only you can stop that argument in your thought life and become single-minded and focused, amen? So don't allow the deception of doubt to cut the flow of the anointing or the power of God out of your life. I wanna close with this one phrase from the Lord Jesus Christ. Ready? Only believe. Let's stand up in this place. All right, prayer team, come on up. Now, here's what I wanna do. Number one, I want to end it on this as the prayer team comes up. If there's anybody here, you've really, this, this message really ministered to you. You're the one that really needed to hear this message. You've been struggling with doubt, whether it's for a healing or financial breakthrough, any, whatever's going on in your life. Um, if that's you, I want you to come to this altar and receive prayer right now. I believe there's an anointing to break this stronghold, the, it, to settle this argument in your thought life. So if that's you after the service or even right now, I don't care. Come on down and get prayer if you've been struggling with doubt. Now, maybe there's someone in here you have never made Jesus Lord of your life, and today you said, wow, I really need to make him Lord of my life. The Holy Spirit is drawing you. He is the Son of God. 
and eternity is a long time. If that's you, you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come and pray with one of the prayer partners here. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. You've fallen away. Things in your life have been very hard. You have given in to the disorder that the enemy has presented you with. You've given in to that disorder, and you want your life to come into proper order today. I want you to come to this altar and pray this morning. And let's settle it, rededicate your life. Um, Maybe you need the Holy Spirit baptism. Maybe you're the one I was talking about that you're the one that won the lottery and, you know, you think God chose me that I'm the only one that didn't get it. No, no, no. If you're, if number one, if you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, come down to pray with them. If you receive the Holy Spirit baptism and you're having a problem with praying in tongues, I want you to come down and let's settle it today. Amen? You need prayer for anything else? Come to this altar. Visitors, uh, thank you so much for coming. You can see there's more bottles, uh, real quick. There's more bottles on the back we got from Positive Alternatives. I said, hey, we need more. We emptied them all. How many do you want? I said, I don't know. Let's get 25 more. Now they're almost gone. We might even need more. So um, other than that, by the way, on Saturday, I am preaching uh, in Lapeer in the Hope Barn, Jackie Stone's Hope Barn. It's at uh, 6.30, doors open at 6. So we're going to go release some fire in Lapeer. Amen? So you all are welcome there. And prayer team. She said the prayer team can come and pray as well for people. So, all right, um, you had something, Stacy. All right. Come on, if that's you, you need to come to this altar and pray today. Amen. There's power when we come into agreement. Um, yes, yes. I want to say one thing. Oh, well, thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. God knows what we need. All right, everyone, have a great week. Come out Saturday to Lapeer. We have things going on here all week. God bless you all. Love you all. Visitors, leave your uh, filled out card in the suggestion box. Love you all. Hallelujah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.